Welcome, everybody, to the NL Central State of the Division for Friday, January 24th. I am Ethan Badowski, flying solo today, Clay Snowden. My normal co-host can't join me this week. Uh, it's going to be a bit of a briefer episode because it's just me today. I'm basically just going to run through an overview of what happened this week uh, because we don't have Clay here with me to break it down. Um, but we'll start right where we always do with the standings in the division. And the standings in the division are very interesting right now. Uh, arguably the most interesting race atop the division across Major League Baseball because you've got two teams tied uh, that is the St. Louis Cardinals and Milwaukee Brewers. So we're right where we are last week, where two teams are tied atop the division. Uh, the the Cardinals are 40 and 32, while the Brewers are 40 and 32 as well. They're just coming off a series together. We'll get to that in a minute. That was the big storyline of the week. Of course, after that, everything just drops off. But right now, an interesting development is that the team who's had them wearing one of the trending teams in the division right now, the Pittsburgh Pirates, are 29 and 40. They're three and a half games up on the Chicago Cubs for third place in the division. The Cubs are 26 and 44, actually closer to the Reds right now than they are to the Pirates. They are simply not a good baseball team. And the Reds have lost 11 of their last 14. Uh, they're three and seven in their last 10. They're 23 and 46 overall, 15 and a half games out of first place in their division. That's not the biggest gap between last and first, though, but it is still a gulf between these teams. And there is a gulf between even just the top three teams in the division right now. So let's start at the top with the two top teams in the division. As I mentioned, there was a big four game series this week between these two teams that took place from Monday to Thursday. And it went exactly as about has how you'd expect based on the way these teams have been playing this year. They went blow for blow with each other. It was a really good series. Um, and they ended up splitting, which is why we we remain tied as we go in here. Um, the Cardinals before that were coming off dropping two of three to the Red Sox. So they actually f gave back ground to the Brewers uh, heading in, tied going in and tied coming out. Uh, in the first game, the Brewers beat the beat the Cardinals 2-0 behind Corbin Burns, who just dazzled again. Seven innings, two hits, two walks, 10 strikeouts. Uh, as good as he's been, he's not even the best candidate in, in the, the top Cy Young candidate in the lead, in the National League right now. That's how good some of the other pitchers have been. But Burns has just been absolutely fantastic. And he had another tremendous outing against the Cardinals. A 2.31 ERA. He's second in Major League Baseball with 110 strikeouts, a .92 whip. Just every bit as dominant as we expected him to be. Um, and he did it again against the Cardinals, of course. Then he just handed the ball over to Devin Williams and Josh Hader, who got six outs, uh, allowing just one base runner. That was uh, the first game of the series. Then the Cardinals came back and took the next two, and a couple of them came in comeback fashion. These were some really good back-and-forth games, big hits for both sides. Uh, and then yesterday afternoon, the Brewers took a 6-4 win. Uh, there was this weird misplay by Juan Yepes in the outfield, um, and it led to a Christian Yelich double, and, and the Brewers went ahead. Uh, Tyrone Taylor had some big, big hits in this series. He came through with another big one. Uh, as he and Willie Adamas homered. Actually, that Juan Yepes play might have been in the game before. Um, they're all kind of mixed in my head right now. But 
T- Taylor and, and, and Adamas came through with big hits yesterday as they came through to give the Brewers, they delivered the Brewers a 6-4 victory. So that is huge because, it, it, you know, one of those teams really could have taken a stranglehold on this division had they gone ahead and taken either three or four or all four in that series. But here we are and we head towards July. We're barreling towards July about a week away now. And the division still remains tied. Uh, so obviously that is where things get very interesting as we start heading into trade deadline season. These teams are going to have to remain in it so that they can be buyers at the deadline, go out and get guys to add so that they can try and take a stranglehold on this division. If anything is clear from the last time these two teams have played, both of them were splits in four game series. So this division race is probably going to go down to the wire. It is extremely interesting to watch right now. And anytime those two teams play, it's going to be appointment television. Uh, moving down the line, we're going to go to the Pittsburgh Pirates, who I believe are the trending team in the division right now, because the other big news in the division this week was uh, the debut of O'Neill Cruz, a guy that a lot of people had been waiting for, but the Pirates just believed for whatever reason wasn't ready. We know actually why they believe he wasn't ready, of course, uh, trying to get that extra year of control. But they he showed off that extra development that he got at the minor league level in a big way this week. Um, you can already kind of see, you know, the talent that this guy has in him um, doing it in all different areas, you know, elite sprint speed, top sprint speed. He's going to start challenging guys like Trey Turner at the top of the sprint speed leaderboards um, going damn near 31 feet per second. Uh, Of course, 30 is elite in that category. Um, You know, showing off the arm, firing off missiles from shortstop. uh, One, one in particular that went viral, just an absolute laser beam uh, to get a guy out at first base and then showing some power too. He had a double, he had some hits. You know, it's going to be an adjustment for him at the plate. He he's not his numbers aren't great quite yet, but he's only played what a series, a few games. Uh, yeah, four games. He's hitting 222 in those games. Um, but he, he, he we you kind of see the tools already on display that make this guy a special talent that make him one of the top talents in the big league. Um, but aside from O'Neill, the Pirates are just playing a lot better right now. Um, they took three of four from the Cubs in big way. Uh, they, they put up a bunch of runs on the Cubbies. Um, and yesterday they, they actually won in extras in a really good game. The Cubs came back, took a lead, uh, hit a big, you know, they were down big, hit a big three run homer, took the lead. Then Michael Chavis tied it up. And then the Pirates went ahead and won in the 10th inning. Um, that followed up a loss. So they could have ended up with a disappointing split considering they won the first two games, but they ended up winning the third and that took it, gave them a huge split or a huge series win over the Cubs as they, again, take more of a grip upon third place in the division. I mean, these two games that they won before their loss were absolute blowouts. They won by a combined score of 19 to two. They manhandled the Cubs. The Cubs have no pitching and the, the Pirates, even with, you know, not a great offense, uh, took advantage and absolutely dominated the Cubs pitching on the way to a three game, three to one series win. Um, speaking of the Cubs, we'll just go to them next. Uh, they're, they're the next team in the order. Like I said, just no pitching at all. And in overall, just a very uninteresting baseball team right now. Uh, they don't have a lot going for them. They don't have a starter that you say, okay, I want to watch this guy pitch. A lot of their starters have gotten exposed. Um, they did take two or three from the Braves 
uh, last week, but one of those was a one nothing game, and then the loss was a six nothing loss. They got swept by the Padres before that, and swept by the uh, Yankees as well. They'd lost seven straight. Now they've lost four of five. Just going absolutely nowhere right now. And it's all because the roster construction is just so poor. Aging veterans, not producing. Of course, you have guys like Patrick Wisdom, Frank Schwindel down on the injured list. You know, Patrick Wisdom, a 30-year-old uh, second-year player. You know, you got you do have Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras, and we've obviously given Wilson Contreras a lot of love on this program. But I want to give some love to Ian Happ as well, who is absolutely raking this year. Um, pulling up the stats now, but he is hitting. I know he's hitting. Yeah, he's hitting 289 with 138 weighted runs created plus and 861 OPS. Uh, he has been really great. And the most impressive thing about him, he's always been a guy that takes a lot of walks. But right now he's under 20% strikeouts, which when you when he first came into the league, you know, in 2018, he struck out at a 36.1% clip in 142 games. Never could have imagined Hap being a guy that strikes out at an under 40%, uh, an under 20% race rate. But he's doing it right now, which is really impressive. Uh, I think the most the biggest step in his development has been how he's hit against lefties. Hap, obviously a switch hitter and normally more dominant from the left side. But this year, he's actually been much better from the right side. He's hitting 358 with a 942 OPS and 163 weighted runs created plus. He's got 130 weight, 131 weighted runs created plus from the left side. So he's actually been better against lefties, uh, which is not what we expect from uh, from Hap at all. But that just shows how much his development has taken a step forward this year. Now, Contreras, obviously the biggest, um, you know, obviously, arguably, I should say, the biggest trade ship on the market heading into the deadline this year. But Hap could be another one. There has to be a team that is looking for a guy with defensive defensive versatility. He can play all three outfield positions and he can play second base. He's switch hitting and he can hit from power from, from both sides. He's got eight homers this year. And obviously having a great year uh, at the plate, 2.2 war. I mean, he's really making a case to be a prime trade candidate um, for teams looking for offensive upgrades, but also guys that can play all over the diamond as Hap has shown he can in his career. It's time to show Ian Love some Ian Hap some love. He is having a tremendous year and he and Wilson Contreras are the lone bright spots on a Cubs team that, like I said, it's closer right now to the Reds than they are to the Pirates. This is an extremely uninteresting baseball team. I could go on for hours about this. I almost thought about actually just doing a sole Cubs episode while Clay was gone, um, but I wanted to just keep on track and keep going with what we're doing here and keeping updated with the entire division. So going now down to the final team in the division that we're going to talk about, um, <clears throat> and that is... The Cincinnati Reds, and boy, they're back to their early season form. Obviously, they played a little bit better in May and leaking into June, but recently it's just been rough. Uh, they've lost, like I said, 11 of their last 14. Their three wins coming one against the Cardinals and two against the Diamondbacks in that stretch. They've now lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in a row, and it doesn't get any easier as they head out to face the Giants um, this weekend. And this should be an interesting series because of course it means that Jock Peterson and Tommy Pham will be reunited. So we'll see how that fantasy football beef 
gets uh gets gets brought up got brought to the forefront again if there's anything that happens this weekend it'll certainly be something uh to keep an eye on um but yeah three against the giants this weekend and just coming off a series where they were pretty competitive with the Dodgers more competitive than you would have thought but I mean they had like a 4-1 lead in one game and then the Dodgers ended up winning 8-4 they had a lead against the Dodgers in the first game Dodgers won 8-2 yesterday they win 10-5 so swept by the Dodgers Freddie Freeman hit a home run in that game he's going down to Atlanta uh, this week and that should be an interesting uh, return just some news across the league but yeah, I mean, there's not much here for the Reds. They're just not playing good baseball again. They're back to what we saw early in the season from them. But one guy that has impressed is Brandon Jury. Clay wrote about, or actually it was Ryan Finkelstein that wrote about him this week. Um, you should definitely check that out. Clay also wrote about the Reds this week. And you can check all of that content out on justbaseball.com. Uh, Let's look ahead now to what is coming for these teams in the coming week uh, leading up to our next episode where Clay should be back. So uh, the Cardinals, they have uh, six home games in a row. Now they're big homestand for them. They get the Cubs this weekend. Um, always fun, always testy. And then the Marlins come to town uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The Brewers have five against the AL East coming up. They host the Blue Jays for three. Then they go on the road to Tampa for two. Uh, the Pirates have three on the road. Three of them are also against Tampa. And then they go to play Washington. So, again, this is a stretch for them. This is a favorable stretch. The Rays not playing great baseball right now. Certainly a team they could catch napping. And then, obviously, the Washington Nationals. Um, the Cubs have a division week as they get three at St. Louis. And then they host the uh, Reds for three as well. And the Reds have sort of an interesting scheduling quirk here. They were just at home. Now they go for three on the road in San Francisco, and then they come back to Chicago for three. So they go West, but they don't stay West. They come back to Chicago for three more against the Cubs. Uh, Like I said, next week, we hope to have Clay back and we're moving in towards trade deadline time. So it should be a very interesting episode. Stay tuned. Tomorrow, of course, is the NL West. Check us out on JustBaseball.com. Always good content going up on JustBaseball.com. There is so much content. I'm constantly tweeting out new articles every day. Uh, That's for Clay, even though he's not in. I am Ethan Madowski. We will talk to you guys next week on NL Central State of the Division.